Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a good brother that I met. Um, he's from Augusta, Georgia. Mr. Arnes Clark, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me again, bro. Man, a lot, <laughs> a lot has changed since we talked last. Right. The the whole vibe, the 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 confidence in which you are carrying yourself now, man. You seem like you you in your groove now. Hey man, thank you. I, I I really appreciate it. Just look, I it was crazy. I did I never knew how many episodes I had. I shared it with somebody. And this recording here is gonna be like episode 157. <laughs> oh man, that's dope, bro. So, <laughs> let's, get, let's get to 500. Uh, look, I'm look that I'm I don't know what the number gonna be when it's all said and done, but I like I know people celebrate and that's cool, but it's like Man, I, I, that milestone stuff, it's like, look, I'm just focused on putting out good material, you know, hoping and praying people listen, and that's it. I don't, like, I don't celebrate my 100th episode and all that stuff. It's just like, man, I'm putting it out, and I just want people to enjoy it. Man, that's dope, bro. You got the right approach, man. That's all you can ask for. Man, so, <laughs> look, so we, you got a new addition to the family since we talked. <laughs> man, and he is uh, he is running the crib, man. He He's taking over. Uh, had a little boy April 24th, Cannon Dakota Clark. And, um, man, I thought after 10 years, I'd be a little rusty. But, man, this fatherhood thing is like riding a bike, man. If you did it right, <laughs> yeah, you you never forget, man. It's been a blessing. How'd you feel about starting over? Um, well, you know, my wife and I, we got married in 2015. And so we we spent about a year, you know, just enjoying ourselves. And then of course the attention turned to expanding the family. So we've been trying for four years, bro. So after you know everything that we've been through. And a lot of that I'm going to actually chronicle and I may actually get you to help me with that. Um, But yeah, man, it's it's long overdue. Uh, Long overdue. I'd always told myself I'd be done by 38. I mean, by 35. And here I am at 38 and it just manifested. So we, you know, we kind of stuck with it and decided not to give up until we won. And we won. That's a blessing, man. Why 35 though? Just curious. Just, just mentally, um, for me, I I felt like at 35, um, my oldest son would be 12, you know, my daughter would be seven, and I'm like kind of keeping them in a certain age range, like one in, you know, one in high school, one in middle school, and another one, you know, kind of like in you know in elementary school, and how as it stands, you know, I have a son in ninth grade. A daughter in the fifth and my son now so these kids will never go to the same school <laughs> Damn. That, that was something that I <laughs> yeah <laughs> and your old and your two your other two kids won't either right you said they were what now they paths won't cross in school either will they nah like like he's in high school already so but when he graduates from high school she will literally be an incoming freshman. And, you know, and she's 10 years older than Cannon. So, you know, (laughs) he's, he's, he's far behind, man. How has she been? Because she was the youngest for so long. You know what? I, I put a lot of energy into prepping her and um, man, she's been amazing. You can tell there's moments where she will find the room um, because she senses the attention that Cannon's getting and she'll, you know, she'll make her presence felt. And I never, uh, I never get on her about it. I always just pivot and include her in whatever I'm doing. So if I'm dancing or playing with the baby and she walks in the room, I shift my attention to her and incorporate her. Um, and you can tell it makes a difference. So, but she's, she's great, man. She's been very protective, very helpful, observant. And her confidence in interacting with him, changing his diapers and willing to hold him while I do things, it's been great. How has your how's your mindset changed? I'm gonna go from the oldest, your oldest kid to now your youngest. How's your mindset changed from then to now about being a father? 
Um, well, it's interesting because at 23, when Amari was born, his mom and I um, had, well, you know, of course, she's the one that's getting pregnant, but we had actually uh, gone through a couple pregnancies and where the pregnancies weren't successful. So mm -hmm. it kind of got to the mindset like, damn, you know, now we actually want it. Even though we were young as hell, college students, the fact that we had gotten there naturally, we wanted to experience that again. And so my approach was just kind of like having a baby. I didn't really understand what that would mean as far as changing my life, but I just wanted to have a baby. So once I, once he was born, I was just trying to do my best, man. I was trying to do everything that I thought my dad should have did for a baby me. And um, I, I, I can say that in a lot of ways, I was very successful. But in so many ways, man, I didn't have a clue of what I was doing. And it looks like I failed, but it was from a lack of understanding what I needed to do as opposed to having a willingness to do it. Mm. With Canon, it's, I know what to do <laughs> and I have the means to do it. And I understand the reasons behind it. And so it's all just, it's just effort. It'll just, you know, it's, it's literally um, hours and hours and hours of thoughts being manifested in the actions. And uh, man, this has been a breeze. It's crazy. It's a bit, it's been a breeze. He don't cry. He's not a problem, baby. No medical issues. Um, I mean, just, it's been a very pleasant experience. Man, that's a blessing, man. That's a, that's a huge blessing because, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, offline me and you talking, I knew how excited you were, you and your wife and, you know, just to see the pictures of him, man, it, it's, it's, it's been great to see, man. Absolutely, man. I got so it's crazy because um, I'm actually aware and it may just me maybe me second guessing myself or overthinking things. But I am actually mindful of how much I share. Um, I try not to saturate. Um, I have so many photos, so many videos, so many stories, so many feel good moments that I could share every day, multiple times a day but I don't want to saturate it. So I, I hold back a lot. Um, and the things that I do share, I'm like, listen, regardless of who may be um, looking and saying, dang, okay, okay, we get it. There are people <laughs> who are genuinely happy for us and they look forward to the content that we share. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, honestly, man, it's, it's really about how you feel because like you said, it's gonna people who it's gonna be people who excited to see your child, and it's gonna be people like, oh, here you go again. But it's all about you, right? And I, I oh, go ahead, go ahead. one thing I'm I'm definitely not gonna uh, as as it, like my wife sharing, man, she shared the hell she want, like, bro, she earned this. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> like, hey, look, I I know what those last four years were. I know what if, you know, I know how that feels. So man, share what you want to share. I'm the one that is, you know, cautious of how much I put out, but now she has free reign to do whatever she chooses. Have you seen the difference in her now that she's a mom? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy because in the beginning, um, she was deferring to me a lot. You know, you're the one that's done this before. You've done this before. You've done this before. But I made it a point to now you're going to do it. Like people have an experience in, in parenting don't mean they know better than you. You know, you're, let your instincts kick in. And if I feel like you're going to do something that's going to jeopardize the health and well-being of the kid, I'll intervene. But for the most part, develop your own habits. Start your own traditions. Do what you feel is right. And if it shit makes sense, roll tight. Like keep it moving. And if, <laughs> roll tight. If, if it if it doesn't make sense, I'm gonna say, hey, let's let's rethink this. Let let's let's one. I want to understand why you arrived at that conclusion, and then two, I want to walk you back and see if 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 I give you some perspective, will you then move forward with a different approach? And then that way, it's not me telling her what to do, but it's giving her another way to think. And then still letting her move 
forward at her own pace. And that's how you get people to buy in. So things may be happening around the house exactly how I want them, but I've kind of groomed everybody in the house to have a similar approach to me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they're still operating in their own thoughts. And I've simply had an impression on those thoughts over the years. What do you, what do you, I, know, I mean, I know he's so young, but what are you looking forward to the most? Nah, man, it's, it's really athletics. Like the edu the education part is going to come just because that's something I just, I'm very, uh, I'm a stickler for information and discipline and just general knowledge. So he's going to pick that part up, but I'm, I'm excited to be able to coach him from the time he can walk up until he's able to run, jump, throw, and like literally mold him into what I think would be um, damn near the perfect baseball player, the perfect quarterback. Like these are visions I have for him. And as he gets older, he'll have free reign and, and, and you know the ability to think for himself and speak for himself and tell me if he don't want to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but knowing the genetics, he probably gonna want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we, we are a very competitive household, so <laughs> it, it's I, I I don't see him shying away from competition. I don't either. Not with all it, it, like I look at the, you know I've been, I follow your family on social media and everything, and everybody's in the athletics, so I just can't even imagine him <laughs> not being in the athletics. <laughs> Man, and, and then like it's crazy because his body style, even like so early, it's like, man, this kid is in the 99th percentile for his height. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm six one, his mama five seven. And you know, he just had his six months checkups about three weeks ago. And the doctor was like, Yeah, he he in the 99th percentile for his height. He's practically 29 inches long. Damn. Like, God damn. So if if that's a trend that uh because I think I honestly think Amari is gonna be taller than me as well. I think Amari right now is like 5'10, 165 pounds at 14. Wow. And he, so he's he's trending uh bigger than what I was at ninth, you know, in ninth grade. I was like five nine, 147 pounds. Damn. So I think Cannon is going to be even bigger than that. Wow. Well, speaking of your son, how's he, how's he doing with, you know, with everything going on with COVID and how's he doing? Uh, man, it's been a battle. Um, honestly, um, not being able to play football this year, um, because of injury, um, and COVID. And then now looking at basketball season and the uncertainty that comes with that, you know, due to COVID and the apprehensions that, you know, his mom and others have about COVID and pre-existing conditions and things like that, it's weighing on him because while everyone is being precautious, he still sees his peers out there doing the things that, you know, they did together for so many years and he's not doing them. So it's, it's, it's a battle trying to make sure I motivate him and keep his mind right and encourage him to train and just mentally be prepared five steps ahead mentally so that when he physically can compete again, that he hasn't not only lost a step, but he may actually be a couple steps ahead because his mindset will be ahead. So are they still playing? I, I'm a little yeah. confused. Yeah. Oh, but, he's, so, but he's injured, you said. So he, he had an injury that he did not disclose last fall. He tore his meniscus oh. and he played through it. None of us knew. <laughs> so he literally finished the middle school season and then, um, you know, they allowed him to move up and he played JV and they won the championship. He played well. And whole time his meniscus was torn. Mm. Um, when it was time to work out and get ready for football season, you know, he started experiencing some swelling and things that were alarming finally got an MRI, it revealed that his meniscus was torn and that the tour wasn't the tear wasn't new. And that's when he was like, yeah, I know when it happened. So that is what kept him from playing football. 
I think he would have been on track to play had he not been injured. Was you was you upset with him for not disclosing it? Hell no, man. <laughs> he's the type of kid that if um if he's hurt, like for real, he will he'll never tell you. And he's been like that since he was five, six years old. When he's hurt, you he won't tell you. If he pretends like he's hurt, he's not hurt. If he land on the ground squirming and you know, at like the world coming to the end, boy, get your ass up. Like <laughs> You know, this is a you talking about a kid who ran he ran like a 50-yard run and got tackled. They piled on top of him and and he broke his thumb. He went back to the huddle. They ran the exact same play. He scored a touchdown and took himself out of the game. And he came over and told us, Yeah, my thumb broke. <laughs> like mm-hmm. So he, that's the type of kid he is. So when, you know, the fact that he not only finished the season with a torn meniscus, but then played high school ball as an eighth grader, went out there and started and played really well with a torn meniscus, like, shit, that's impressive. So it's like, man, imagine what you can do healthy. And he's finally healthy now, so. You know, I need to back up a little bit because we got right, we got in the family and everything, but I didn't ask, man, considering everything going on in the 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 new addition and COVID everything man how you doing? Boy, that not see that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different thing. Uh, I mean, mentally, mentally, I'm good. Um, I think I'm strong. Mind. Uh, I've lost weight, man. I I was uh, I was two twenty five back in June first, and right now I'm what right at two o two. And you so, lost on purpose or yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. It was a it was more so being mindful of what I ate, but also there was a loss of muscle mass. I had been lifting heavy, so my muscle mass has decreased. And so that's okay because you know I can actually build that muscle mass up and it be more dense and I still maintain a decent weight while you know kind of not having to change my clothes. Okay. So that was that was by design. But man, I'm good, man. You find joy in making sure the people who are connected to you are good. Okay. And so that's where I'm at, man. Wife good, kids good, household good, you know, ain't we ain't behind on no bills, no meals. So yeah. <laughs> we straight, man. I'm gonna switch gears because I th- I thought about you when um, you know, with the election, man, you know, we, we got president elect Biden now. And but one of the biggest shockers was your state Georgia turning blue. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think something like that would happen? <laughs> to be honest, yeah, man. Um, I was actually optimistic in 2008 that Obama could have done it. Um, I knew Hillary Clinton wouldn't, wouldn't have won just because the sentiment with the black voter just wasn't the same for mm-hmm. Hillary. But um, the demographics have changed, man. And our major cities are, are extremely black. And while people joke and jive about what's happening in Atlanta, the brightest minds and the people who are seeking opportunities are moving to Atlanta and they're changing the landscape. And so while, you know, people reference Atlanta for what the sports teams are doing and all this other stuff, there's a lot of great things happening. Uh, job, you know, opportunities and families being started and whatnot. So you are basically inviting new voters into the pool. And in Atlanta, Augusta, Savannah, uh, Macon, Albany, Columbus, black as hell. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so these are dense, densely urban populations, high black, educated, working class people. And so the fact that so many people finally let their guards down and decided I'm going to vote. I'm not surprised. It, it, it's been possible, but we were so underrepresented. Mm. So does Augusta look a lot different from when you were growing up in, cause you grew up Hell, in Augusta, right? Yeah. Augusta looks way different. And it's, it's, I guess it's the same from people who are from cities. Um, gentrification. Uh, what you knew is the black areas are no longer the black areas. 
what you knew as the rural areas are now busy, you know, uh, with population growth, expansion, restaurants, shopping plazas. Uh, our downtown is now a mixed crowd again. It used to be very black. Um, the areas where we would consider being the hood now have little cul-de-sacs and nice houses and, <laughs> you know, they got, you got uh, Augusta University Medical Center students walking through areas that used to be war zones. Mm. So it, it looks so different, man. And anytime someone comes to Augusta, man, I, you know, I'm like a little tour guide. I tell them the, the, the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. And uh, that's one of the things I always point out, where I'm from and how it looks so different. I'm going to be honest. I had no idea Augusta had bad neighborhoods. No idea. <laughs> I mean, because you got to think on a national level, when you hear Augusta, the first thing that comes to mind is the Masters Tournament. Of course. And, and the depiction of Augusta during that week is the very best. We put our best foot forward. The city is clean. It's beautified. The streets are clear. You know, we we have all these hotels and restaurants and everything within walking distance of the golf course. But the city is still the city, man. And, um, you know, the city itself, maybe 200,000 people, but it's roughly half a million people within 30 miles. So it, it's, a, it's a significant population area. And like any other place, you're going to have your, um, you know, you're going to have your levels. You're going to have your lower class, your middle class, your upper, your upper class. And, um, you know, crime and and drugs and minimum gang violence you know it's more so neighborhoods than repping flags and colors and stuff but you know it is what it is man i mean people down here getting to it you know <laughs> and uh you got to keep your head on the swivel are you are you pretty much so you, you i mean you, you bought the house and everything you got your family you i'm is it safe to say that you pretty much are established in augusta like that's gonna be home for you uh, yeah, man, like it would take a, a, a very significant uh, career opportunity for me to leave this place. Um, and it's a, it's a few reasons why. One, uh, we are a close-knit family. So my immediate family, my wife's mom and her sister and nephew, and, you know, we're all right here. Um, two, the cost of living is, man, is outstanding. I mean, literally, you're, you're getting banged for your buck. And then the location, like Atlanta's two hours to the west. Columbia's an hour east. Uh, Charlotte is two hours to the north. Greenville, Savannah. Charlotte only two hours? Two hours, bro. Like, I can get to Columbia in an hour, and then I take 77 north. I'm in Charlotte in another hour. So wow. to be so close to everything, it's like, why leave? <laughs> I can experience the nightlife in Charlotte. I can go to Charlotte to have a good time. I can shoot to Atlanta for a concert. I can go watch the Braves and the Falcons. I can go to Savannah or Murder Beach, you know, and catch the ocean, get you some good seafood. I can be in Florida in four hours. So it's like I'm in a very good place. Not many natural disasters. Uh, the worst we're going to get is tornado warning, possible flood. Um, but that's it, man. And how far are you from Atlanta again? Atlanta is 144 miles from my house. Wow. You are, damn, that's, hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't, I thought, I don't know why I thought it was, I've, so I've never been to Augusta. I've been to, um, I've been to Columbus. Uh, of course, well, I shouldn't say of course, cause I went to Atlanta for the first time like a couple years ago, but I got family in Columbus. So I, I went there as a kid. Um, and those are the, the, the the only parts of Georgia I've been to. I've been wanting to come. I'm actually going to come to Augusta like within the next year or so because I've been meeting a lot of podcasts and stuff, rappers. Yeah. I've, I've been meeting a lot of interested people out of Augusta. So I made it a point that I'm going to come there. Yeah, man. I mean, like you can fly directly into Augusta or you can, man, fly to Atlanta. And man, you, like you said, quick little drive to Augusta, which is what a lot of people do. And uh, Augusta sits right on the on the um, on the eastern border of Georgia. So Augusta sits right on the river between uh, Georgia and South Carolina, whereas Columbus is on the other side of Georgia. So Columbus is on one side of Georgia, 
Augusta's on the opposite side. And then, you, of course, you got Atlanta pretty much in the center. So you, man, yeah, I, I never realized you were that that close to the action. Wow. Yeah, man, cl- close enough to it where I can enjoy it, but far enough where, you know, it's, <laughs> it's still, you know, it's to me, this is still country living. Yeah, you know what? I but I always like living in areas like where you could get somewhere close, but you're not too close because is but you say y'all got two hundred thousand people, so that's still a lot of people. But that's in see that's in the city limit. Like so, for, to to give you the perspective, the county in which I live has two hundred thousand. The neighboring county has one sixty. The the county to the the county to the south of us has seventy five, the the county to the east of us has another seventy five. So all of these places, the hub is Augusta. This Augusta is where they come to shop, where they come to work, where they come to, you know, hang out, nightlife, whatever the little bit that we have. So mm. you got that type of traffic coming in and out of the city. Essentially, uh, they call it the the Central Savannah River area. And this area is damn near 600,000 people. What's the demographics? Uh, In the city of Augusta, it's, I would say, probably 60, 40. Um, And then Columbia County, which neighbors Augusta to the northwest, it's the opposite. It's probably, it's probably 70, 30, white to black, but it's, the black the black people are steady moving out there because cost of living opportunities uh military we have fort gordon so the soldiers that come here um the cyber command that's here now in augusta those people are moving into columbia county and those people look a lot like us so um it's a it's a very it's a very black area man we've had uh multiple black mayors recently black sheriff um black school superintendents city council things like that don't get it twisted though that old money still make the decisions you know how that looks <laughs> but uh you know so the augusta national those people yeah they still making the decision now they 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 are who make the city go but the representation part does look very black okay i'm gonna transition to music because i you know we both in the music and 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 we and you down in Atlanta. So what you think about? Well, not Atlanta, but Augusta. What you think about this uh, Jeezy and Gucci versus battle? Man, listen here, bro. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I could have been more annoyed with the back and forth on social media this week. Um, people, it's like. It's crazy because the people who are saying one person is going to win or the other person is going to win, and then the reasons that they give, the shit don't make sense. Um, I personally favor Gucci over Jesus. And it's not, it has nothing to do with the quality of the music um, or the impact or how I felt when I listened to it when it was out. I just feel like Gucci was just nonstop. Like for <laughs> literally for 10, 15 years straight, it was just music, 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 music. And he had a lane and he stayed in it. With Jeezy, you can, I guess you can try to call it growth, but was it really? Because the people who call themselves diehard Jeezy fans, damn sure ain't been supporting his last four or five projects. So it's mm. like, how can you be a how can you be a diehard fan of somebody you're not supporting? Now that's interesting. You know, so like, you know, people were even even when it was supposed to be T.I. versus Jeezy and you were saying people like, man, Jeezy will watch T.I. And I'm like, man, I, I remember listening to T.I. my senior in high school, freshman in college, and I still get the same vibe and the same feeling anticipating the T.I. album. I don't feel like that about Jeezy. You know, I nah, remember being at, no. I remember being at Savannah State and listening to the mixtapes and, and man, it was killing. And, you know, the mate. Uh, you know, the TM 101 and 102 and 103 and all that. That was cool and all. But over time, it's, it's like it, it got dated real quick. That shit got real old. And so it's like, now now what are you going to rap about? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Gucci Mane uh, did what he did for a longer period. 
And so therefore, that's who I favor. I'm gonna listen to it because I don't, I'm I'm not familiar with Gucci music at all. That's what's you know what I'm telling you what's crazy? You think that until they start playing them songs. And you're gonna be like, damn, I forgot this one. Damn, I forgot that one. No, no, damn, no. Dude, listen, because I'm not okay. I'm one of <laughs> I'm one of them people like, especially back then, like it had to be right in my face. It had to be like mainstream. I didn't, I the first time I heard Gucci was I was working at Walter Reed, right? And this mm-hmm. dude used to play him all the time. Like you would think Gucci was paying this dude as much as he was playing his music. That's all he played all day. But that, but that triggered me because I'm like, well, damn, how much music do this dude have? Because he was listening to new stuff like every day, all day. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how much music this dude got? And he was just like, man, he was like, man, this dude got hundreds and hundreds of songs. And I'm like, oh, okay. So as I listen, so I wasn't really like, it would be playing in the background. So I would hear it, but I wasn't really checking for him. But, you know, Jeezy had, you know, Jeezy like really had the machine behind him, you know, Def Jam. So, you know, you would get more familiar with his music. So... I'm gonna listen because I, I, for for the most part, I want to hear um, what Jeezy gonna be putting up there. It's gonna be interesting. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the backstory with um, you know one of Jeezy homeboys and Gucci getting into it or whatever, and basically yeah. you know Might that whole started the whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty familiar with it. Yeah, but I, I so I think that'll be an interesting dynamic. I'm interested to see how they're gonna interact with each other, if at all. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm more looking forward to what songs, uh, Gucci is going to actually choose out this of week, right? thousands. It's the 19th. Damn, that's Thursday. What it's time? Thursday, Thursday, I want to say eight o'clock, I believe. Um, I think I'm recording a podcast at that time. <laughs> 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 It'll be it'll be up. Like all you gotta do is go to their page and it'll be there if I wanna watch it later. I I, you know, I really thought about you because they was floating that room around um outcast against tribe called quest. Nah man, so what happened? Swizz was like, he basically was like they they trying to do a celebration. I don't think they would do a versus just because um Fife is gone. Oh right, damn. That's true. so. I think out of respect for that, I don't think they would do it. I think more so they were trying to kind of set it to Q-Tip and Dre, like, "Look, we just gonna get y'all together and let y'all play songs." And then what would be interesting about it is the conversations because Dre has said on countless occasions the pure influence for Outkast, you know, right before they blew was tried. Oh, I didn't you know, know that. I never knew Oh, that. absolutely, man. Dre was like, you know, uh, you know, Q-Tip was his guy. And, you know, they wanted to dress like them. They wanted to, you know, mimic their mannerisms, but do it with that Southern flair that, you know, that came natural to them. So it was pretty much like a Southern tribe. And so, man, they've paid homage to tribe on countless occasions, even at um, my boy funeral. You know, Dre got up there and spoke, man. So I, th- that was that would have been more so like a uh, uh, a, a mentor mentee situation, and to kind of look like look what y'all started, look where we took it type thing, than an actual battle. You think you you think we'll ever get any music like an album or or um, Outkast or Andre Three Thousand album? I, I I think Dre's over the idea of just putting out an album for the sake of satisfying people. I think he enjoys the fact that people want it. Um, he'll do features all day. Uh, he's gonna wrap circles around anybody if they. If so, it would take somebody calling him out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it has. It has it's, there's no challenge, and um, he's a. That's why he alluded to it. Like when with the whole name change. Like, like I'm on. A, I'm on another level, and uh, and I don't think he did it in like a bragging type way. But just more so the content in which he was rapping about, even at 18 years old, man, he was light years above his peers. And uh, 
I feel like I could teach a class, bro, just off of uh, <laughs> just off of Outcast lyrics and like, you, this is what you hear, but this is what he actually said. This is what you hear, but this is what he actually said. And if you listen to the songs, he predicted what we're experiencing based on wanting him to keep making music. It's like, I, I, I'm not making music because y'all not getting the message. So it's kind of pointless. Like if I just keep making music with, with y'all not getting it, I would simply be doing it for the money. And I, mm. that was never my goal. Did you ever hear his? Um, do you ever hear? Did you ever hear his podcast with Rick Rubin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I think I sent it to you. I couldn't remember if I sent it to you or not. Yeah, man. That 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 was one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever heard. Yeah, that's that's, that's the way that's the one was. person where who he gets my attention, <laughs> like. Just to hear his perspective, though, because it was like um, just the way when he was talking about like the pressure of writing, like everybody putting you at that high level. And it's just like if you don't get to that, then it's like you almost like you failed. Mm -hmm. It was just real interesting to hear him talk about it. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Matter of fact, I'm I'm going to find that and run it back just to refresh myself. But I've man, I've seen it that's that's if i'm up late at night and um just my mind is racing that's what i go to that's my go-to i find outcast stuff that i maybe missed as a kid you know i go back and watch the old videos making other videos uh i i look at interviews i look at all kinds of stuff man just to get the backstory so that so so safe to assume outcast is your all-time favorite group yeah Outcast is my all-time favorite group. <laughs> Outcast, know, Outcast is my all-time favorite group. Personally, Andre 3000 is my favorite rapper. And most influential rapper is Pastor Troy. Who? Pastor Troy. Okay, I'm going to need you to explain that one. So when, so when I say favorite rapper, Dre is just that person who everything he said to me was solid gold, right? Okay. The delivery, the content, the cre- creativity, to me, I think I've never heard anyone do it quite like that. Um, influence, the influential part with Pastor Troy is, you got to think about the time in which Pastor Troy not necessarily went mainstream, but when he came on the scene, 1998, I'm 16 years old. I'm in high school trying to figure out who the hell I am and what to do with all this energy. And he pretty much created an avenue for me to not only be proud of where I'm from, but to embrace it and make sure everybody knew it. So when I went off to college and when I, you know, got into scuffles or arguments and situations like that, man, that aggression, that that <laughs> that pride in, in where you from and yeah, I'm country, yeah, you know, this is south and y'all think we talk funny and all this other shit but i you know it is what it is like i'm finna let you know who i am so troy man i mean you find a lot of guys from georgia specifically that that feel that type of way and the the music just resonates not only with your mind but just your soul uh even all this time late i think i posted a video me and cannon uh dancing to the you know to the song like my baby was like two weeks old. I'm like, it was a rites of passage. Like, I need you to understand <laughs> where you from, and 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 why we why we feel the way we feel. Where's he from? Where's Pastor Troy from? I know from Georgia, but where from? He's he's a he's an Atlanta guy. Um, okay. His connection to Augusta came. Um, he was down here at Payne College, and uh, you know, kind of got with some guys here and and made a name for himself while in Augusta, but he is from Atlanta. Oh, okay. Okay. What what would you say? What would you say? Uh who would you say had the best album this year? This year? Um I know it's not over, but no, um it, you know what's crazy is I've tried to be open to a lot of um things that I've kind of been closed off to. Uh Man, I tell you who my guy is that I did not know I would like Conway 
is riding. Like that's one of them. Like people's like Conway, you know, they everybody's talking about Griselda, Griselda, and Conway is my favorite. So um, out of, I'm really out of the three. Yes, <laughs> yes, it ain't even close. Like. I can't. I can't get with Westside. I just can't get with the delivery. I, it's, it's, I, listen, I totally agree with you. We I can't get with that. it. Uh, and then Benny is dope as hell. Don't get me wrong. Benny is super dope. It's just somebody the swag Kanye got down rap with. It's like it's so believable. It's like yeah, nigga, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know what's <laughs> like, crazy? I've never. I I can't believe I haven't listened to none of his albums, Bruh. For me, it's the most realistic. Like, you know how you, you hear rappers rap and it's kind of like they in character? For me, he's not in character. It's just like, this is it. This is <laughs> this is cut and dry. This is just a dude who done put these words to a pen, a word to a pad, and he's just rapping it. And and I didn't I didn't know I would like it like that. But I, I, I had it playing at work one day, and I, after it played through, I was like, damn, that's the whole album? Ran it back. <laughs> and yeah, then I ran it back. Made me put it in my library now. Yeah, man. But that's that's the one answer where most people would think me. You know, I, I do have a strong Southern bias, but um, I I like Tip album. I like the Libra. I like um, I actually enjoyed Gotti's album too early in the year. I have um, extremely mature for him. Um, but yeah, man. I, for the most part, I listen to old stuff. You, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a interrupt because you said you got a bias. I think I would say about eighty to ninety percent of us have a bias. But see, my bias isn't necessarily on the artist and where they from. It's the production. Music oh. from the South sounds different. Okay, okay. We okay. we put we put an emphasis on the production, the beats, the bass, the 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 the, the drum line. Whereas you might hear like a grimy New York type beat, like yeah, that's dope, but I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all do had it better. I, I, I'll say that the production and the the South actually changed the sound of music. Really, exactly. They they really exactly. Did. They changed and the it, whole it's, sound. It's, it's it's blues and funk infused, man. It's like. When you, you know, don't get me wrong. I love a, a good RZA or a good, good premiere. You know, a, a, I, I love it. I, I think it's dope. But I don't want to hear that shit in the gym. Like, I don't want to hear that ride in the car and I'm headed to the club. Or, you know, <laughs> if I'm sitting around in the backyard, I don't want to hear that. Like, that don't that don't move my soul. The, the, the lyrics may be super dope. The concept may be super dope. But the production just be lackluster. Man, I you know what? As much as I want to disagree with you, I can't because the South be bringing they 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 did like it and, and even the sound was so good. You got a lot of people up north that started changing the way they do things. So, and you you know what happened? A lot of those Northeast rappers they started doing features with down South rappers, and they hear how they sound on them beats, and they're like, damn. <laughs> Yeah. Let me get some of this. Let me work. Let me work with a Jazzy Faye. Let me work with a Mike Will made it. Let me work with you know these guys down south that's doing these types of beats. Where the and hell is he from? Mike Will made it, bro. I don't even know. I have no <laughs> idea. And see, but I haven't really. And I may be tripping, but I haven't really heard nothing from him in a while. Now nah, you hear a lot from him. You just don't know it's him. <laughs> oh, he don't do his tag no more. I mean, he still does it, but he's expanded himself to where, you know, he has the crossover appeal. So he's doing a lot of R&B, a lot of those, you know, a lot of these female singers now, they can't really sing. So they more so harmonize and raps. And that's perfect for his types of beats. So, but that, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Like, for instance, like the Hers and the Scissors and the Summer Walkers, these chicks can't sing, man. <laughs> 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 like but that's not to say they're not making some jamming music it's just that it ain't it ain't heavy on the vocals but see i think see but we we, we gotta we gotta kind of blame technology too true that's what i'm saying the, the music jamming right so it's a good it's a good listen but they're not gonna win no singing contest 
Same thing with me. I love her though, man. I do. I love her. It's the writing. The writing is outstanding. I don't know Summer Walker. I I, I can't think of the only Summer Walker song that I know for a fact that I've heard is the one with her and uh, Trey songs. Man, she's called Back Home or something. Yeah, it's called Back Home. They kind of all have a similar vibe, but she's just a little more edgy than them. I'm a big um I, I'm a big uh Yuna fan. Man, I don't even know who Yuna is. What? Put me on, man. Send me send me a link. Man, look, I'm when we once this old, I'm gonna make sure I send you her um her newest joint. I like her a lot, man. Her sound, she's 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 kind of like them. She's like a um she, she's like a, a her and a summer. Well, I'm gonna say her because I don't really know summer walking music like that, but yeah. For me, the person who delivers dope music and can sing her ass off is Ari Lennox. Like, that's yeah. my girl. Yeah, she's good. She's not, she's a boy. Hey, hey, that's a she, she, she is an interesting follow. I never listened <laughs> to her. Also, man. Now, now I'm saying she's an interesting follow on social media. Like you would think she's nuts. <laughs> you would think she's nuts. I love it though. Like I, I am highly entertained. I'm but, a, uh, now you're gonna make me follow her, <laughs> man. Man, follow her on Instagram, bro. Like, <laughs> like she will go live in in a heartbeat and just be on some chilling around the house, drinking wine, just. She's in, in in another world, bro, and it is hilarious. I'm gonna check it out, man. <laughs> so who? So you said you. So you said you. You didn't really say, but you said Conway was like your favorite. Conway is a surprise album that I actually enjoy, but I, I would say my favorite album this year. Um, my favorite album this year, I, I gotta go with. Uh, I'm gonna say Ti album, The Libra. Okay. It was it was good. It was it was really his album was really good. For but me. but that but that's mainstream. The album that gets the most burned is Manifest, man. My little brother joint like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He listen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and that gets talk, the most burned. You know we talked. I told him. I said, "Man, listen. He's he actually put out a great album. Like you know how you Okay, here's the thing, right? Sometimes I, I think maybe you can understand this, maybe not. Sometimes when, when somebody you know or somebody you know through somebody, it's kind of hard to listen to what they've done or get into a project because you almost come into it with like a bias. It's like you almost want to like it too much or you or you too harsh of a critic. You, you ever experienced that? I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. Okay. So with him, it was like, okay, that's your brother. When you first shared his music, I was like, he was, he was like, that's my brother. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do my best to just listen. So when I listened, I was like, oh shit, like, wait a minute. He really nice. I'm like, okay. So what I did to make sure, like, here's what I do for my test, right? <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure I've done it to you a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send it to somebody or I'll post it, but I don't say I know the person. Like, mm-hmm. I just send it to them. And that way you don't you don't put the other person in that mindset you in. So if you just send it to them, they just going to listen. And it's like, okay, all right, I like that. Or, eh, I didn't really like it. And then it's like, okay, like, well, that was my cousin. Oh, damn. Well, your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I, I try to send people stuff without naming who it is, but yeah, I love that album, man. That that I like he came out. I told him, and this is this not blowing smoke or nothing. Like his first song out the gate was the best all year. Like for setting the tone for an album, mm-hmm. like he has a great, like I, I didn't know this for years. Like putting putting songs in order, I never understood how important that was. I don't do music; I just listen to it. Right. <laughs> but he he really did a great job of like track listing, like putting song, like putting that song out the gate, 
to set that the tone for the album. Yeah, he he did a hell of a job with that album, man. I I, I was real impressed. Hey man, shout out to Gutter Child. Like the album manifest. Uh, he actually, man, there was a girl who did a, a dance to one of his songs on uh, TikTok. Man, that thing is like damn near a million a million spins on oh, TikTok. Yeah. What song did she use? It was crazy. Is the is the one song you nobody would have thought? It's the uh, Pack on Me song. It, uh, and it's like oh, she, she took she flipped the course into a dance, and man, that thing is going crazy. Like you know what's kinda, crazy? I can see that. Yeah, just if but but you would have to take the course out though. But just that's if you the, listen the to the melody and the music, I could definitely see that. Yep. The 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 so you got man people all across the world, man, like literally posting their renditions of the little dance and their videos while spinning the music. So that's exposure, you know what I'm saying? So it's crazy because he and I were talking and he was like, Man, I would never guess in a million years that that would be the one song to get the most spins. Like it ain't, in my opinion out of the entire album that's like one of the last songs i would go directly to and play it's a good song but it ain't my favorite by a long shot but the reason i'm not surprised at all is because of the melody and the beat i think if you if you if which is real hard to do but if you take the lyrics away from it and just focus on the tempo of the beat i can i can see why that song would be the one for tiktok Absolutely. Like, what's crazy is my favorite song is the first song, Manifest. That's my right. favorite song. But I can't see nobody doing no TikTok dance to it. Exactly. I mean, but every, every, everything has a purpose, man. And, uh, you know, that particular song, I guess its purpose was served. I mean, it's showing. He, uh, we actually talked, man, and uh, he's been in, he's pretty much calling me out. He was like, man, I need, I need you to jump on a song. So, you know, I'm, you know, in a, in a big brother fashion, I'm like, you really don't want me to do that. Cause I'm going to eat your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm waiting on him to decide what beat, you know, he want to do it on. He, you know, we talking about whether we're going to do the chorus or not, 16s or not. I'm like, man, just pick a beat and we just going to eat, you know, we're just going to go until we, until we ran out of room on the paper. Are y'all going to put it out? Hell yeah, we're gonna put it out. Cause I, I you know, I, I I have to you can't bark and not turn around and bite. So I have to outwrap him. <laughs> and, and, and here's what's crazy. Like, and I think it's uh I think it's more a homage type thing. It's a lot of the things that he says, and it's a lot of the ways in which he builds his verses where I can I can literally look at it and say, You got that from me when you were like maybe he he might have been 12 years old you know and, and of course him being 12 I'm 19 20 and the way that I was rapping back then you could tell he picked up on certain things his 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 word choice is similar to mine his sentence structures are similar to mine i can tell how he transitions in and out of certain verses and i'm like yeah that's something i would have did so i'm kind of looking at it kind of like a proud dad big brother type but I'm like, okay, you've taken the little bit of crumbs I gave you and you'd have made a whole cake out of it. <laughs> so, you know, that, and that's kudos to him. I mean, he's his own man. He's developed his own sound. He's amazing. But yeah. now I got to show him like, it's kind of like the goddamn, the, the student and the, and the teacher. Like I, I still got to show you, I got it. So I look forward to doing that, man. Do you, do you think he, do you think um, he worked a little harder shooting rap? You said, do he work what? You think he worked harder at it than you did? No, I don't think he worked harder at it. It was never a, a um, it was never a focal point for me. Um, I was just some, I was somebody who could write. I'm, I think I'm somebody who can freestyle. I, I never said, hey, I'm gonna be a rapper. I never even took it seriously. Like it was just something I did. Uh, whereas he, he been rapping since he was in sixth grade. And then I guess, you know, looking at me do it and feeling like he could do it. So he, at a much younger age, he identified that that was something he wanted to do. Whereas I, it was something I did. It's something he wanted to do. Okay. I'm going to get you out of here on this, man. 
Is there anything that you looking to accomplish before 2020 ends? Uh, to be honest, man, I, I really don't even focus on the date. Um, whether it's 2020, whether it's November, December, like to me, none of that shit actually matters. Um, my goal is to make it home every night that I leave away from my family, um, put forth the maximum output I can as far as my efforts, work hard, um, you know, be accountable, um, be an upstanding guy, be there for my friends, have a sense of balance and peace, um, extend a helping hand to any and everybody who's willing to reach back and not pull me down. And, and that's a daily thing. Um, I'm trying to be the best father, trying to be the best husband, son, friend, whatever I can be. And I could care less what the date actually says. So I don't, I don't, I'm not one of the people like, oh my God, I can't wait for 2020 to end. Like who gives a shit what the calendar <laughs> says? Um, I mean, there's some amazing things happened to me this year, man. You know what I'm saying? We had a kid after right. four years of trying, you know, um, you know, there's been promotions and growth and, and there's been some obstacles overcome this year. So I can't dismiss a year because the perspective of the world seems to say that this has been a bad year for right. who? people die every year you know tragedy happens every year um you know so the fact that it's being magnified and glorified on media and in social media i'm not i don't look at the year in that way so i don't i'm not a, a resolutions type of guy i'm not one to look forward to thinking that january 1st 2021 is going to automatically mean that things is going to be great <laughs> I, I don't care about that man so i'm just i just want to i want to wake up tomorrow and kick what's tomorrow wednesday i'm gonna kick wednesday ass tomorrow if i get it <laughs> man look i i love that answer man and before i go also man look let me let me also do this man thank you so much man um first let me say this i'm so happy to see everything that's going on for you and your family man you know on the outside looking at just being able to look at the pictures and talk to you, you know, offline, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, knowing what you've been through, you and your family. So to see you, you all know, have that handsome son and your family moving in the right direction, you happy, man. I I'm really happy to see that. Bro, I appreciate it, man. And uh, this, is, this is what's crazy, right? And I'm gonna let you go after this. People will think that you and I have like hung out and kicked it in bro i've never seen you in person <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying like hey man we, we we've been vibing for five solid years and i we ain't never been in the same room but that just goes to show like when people say oh man it's just facebook or it's just it's just social media nah it's not just that you know like your, your mental capacity and the things that you can accomplish that shit is real yeah. You can actually develop a friendship and 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 build bonds and 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 like literally feel like you got a brother out of somebody that just hell we clicked on each other profile one day and said man that seemed like a good dude I know, you know? So, <laughs> so I mean it's crazy it, it, it's, it's very real man and and you know I know your wife just had a birthday man and your daughter is doing good and I know everything you went through you know, with her and just watching her develop into a beautiful young lady. So it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, ever flowing stream and, you know, that, 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 um, the positive vibes. And so for every, for every ounce of positive energy you put forth, bro, it comes back to you, man. You just keep doing what you're doing. Keep using your platform, keep manifesting in, in your destiny, bro. And the sky is literally the limit. And that's you know, that's that's just what it is. If if you if you can reach it, you ain't in the sky yet. You know what I'm saying? So just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to continue to support. And for whoever's listening, there's a way you can support by listening, sharing financially, asking questions, being willing to be interviewed. Make yourself like you got to make yourself a resource. And that's what a lot of people not doing, man. We look at it, we looking at people as things that we can use but you got to be usable as well so much love bro man thank you and and thank you so much for your support man um i really genuinely appreciate it man i i can't even thank you enough it's, it's just hard put to put it in words man thank you so much absolutely bro one love
definitely. I want to thank the. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this episode. And every episode I've put out is is truly. It really humbles me the support I get. Um, it really, I really appreciate everyone's support. I'm just hoping and praying you continue to listen and continue to support. You all have a great day.